0: Welcome to Yolitics, the home of cold beer and hot takes on Texas politics.
1: Hey there, Jason Whiteley here with you. This is uh, Yolitics First, I think. This episode coming to you from a bar in the B Concourse at El Paso International Airport. Crazy week because this is not the episode we were working on. Never anticipated recording it in a bar at the airport in El Paso, but we'll get to that in a second. I'm by myself right now. Wheeler has a couple of weeks off before the election. So, you know, at this bar, I I, uh, pulled up a chair, straddled up to the bar. It's packed, by the way. I didn't realize El Paso's airport was so busy. Uh, But the PGA Tour restaurant, the only one in the B concourse, uh, is is the busiest place to be. I asked for the local brew. What do you have here that's uh, very El Paso? She said we have something called the Dead Beach Lager. Dead Beach, D-E-A-D, Dead Beach uh, Dead Beach Brewing Company is in El Paso. It's near downtown. And for our Texas craft beer folks, this is a traditional amber lager. It is rich and mighty refreshing after the last few days. So let me tell you what happened. We know we're, we're three weeks out from the November election. The, the biggest race is the one at the top of your ballot. It's the one for Texas governor. You know, we've been asking for months now to interview Governor Abbott. We've not had any success, or you would have heard him on the podcast here. We're not the only ones who have been asking. You know, campaigns do get busy, but he has uh, uh, not returned our phone calls to to be on Yolitics and join us here. Anyways, we were working on something else this week, an entirely different episode, until I got a phone call from Governor Greg Abbott's reelection campaign the other day. <laughs> They said, hey, Governor Abbott's going to be in Dallas. We know you're in Dallas right now. We can set up some one-on-one time for you if you're available. Ten minutes you can have one-on-one with him." they said. So... Just so you know, if you're not part of the news media, 10 to 15 minutes is a regular amount of time that reporters get with political candidates. That's not an unusual amount of time. Don't think it's, you know, they shortchanged us at all. So we said, yes, definitely so. We'd love to talk to the governor. We canceled everything else we're working on to go meet the governor. But, you know, we did want to balance this out. Make sure the episode is balanced since we have uh, listeners on both sides. Of the, uh, of the political spectrum here. So I reached out to the Beto O'Rourke campaign, told them we're going to have the governor on. Does O'Rourke have any availability or any interest in joining us? Sure, they said, no problem at all. In fact, he's in El Paso right now. So come to El Paso. You can interview him at his house before he leaves for the final three weeks of the campaign. So that's why I'm in El Paso. We just spoke with Beto. We talked to Governor Abbott the other day. We'll let you hear from uh, uh, Beto in just a moment. Governor Abbott's up first here. Uh, on this episode. He's running for a third term. He's going to be the first name at the top of your ballot. Remember, Abbott only agreed to debate Beto O'Rourke one time. That happened in South Texas, September the 30th. So this is the only program in the state, only one in the state, to have both gubernatorial candidates on before the election. Think of this as, as uh, debate 2.0. They're, both candidates are here taking our questions uh, from us on YOLATIC. So, let's start with Governor Abbott. We met the governor in a small conference room the other day at a machine company in North Dallas just after he held a business round table there in Dallas. Governor, it's good to see you again. You too, Jason. You have served two terms in office. You've scored major conservative
2: wins. What in the world do you want to do in a third term, four more years in office if elected? Most important thing is to keep Texas the number one state. Uh, for economic opportunity. Uh, We also want to keep Texas advancing educationally. Remember this important fact when I first became governor I was shocked uh, to learn that other states were leading Texas uh, as a concern tier one research universities. I promised to double that and now Texas has more tier one research universities than any other state in the United States. Same thing applies to our K through 12 schools uh, and that is today Texas has more uh, blue ribbon K-12 through 12 schools than any other state in the United States. So we want to continue advancing educationally, economically, but also with individual liberties to make sure that the freedoms that Texans have always enjoyed, which candidly are different than the way they are in some other states, that those freedoms are going to be protected.
1: Governor, let me ask you about abortion. Speaking of which, and many women say it's it's, it's freedoms as well too. Republican state Senator Bob Nichols announced uh, late last month, which I'm sure you saw, that he will support an exception under the state's abortion law for rape. If the legislature passed that, is that something you would sign into law?
2: Well, listen, we'll see that there's going to be a, a lot of different proposals that will come up over the course of the upcoming session. And I'm going to tell you what I'm going to focus on, Uh, and that is, one, uh, making sure that nothing that Beto supports, like uh, abortion to the very last second before a child is born would be allowed, Uh, even denying health care to a child who survives an abortion. Uh, But second, uh, something that really does need to be done, uh, and that is clarify what it means to protect the life of the mother. There have been some comments and even maybe some actions by some doctors uh, that are are not taking care of women who have an ectopic pregnancy or who have a miscarriage Uh, and that is wrong because neither of those two uh, are abortions. But that said, I've even seen some other situations that some women are going through where they're not getting the health care they need to protect their life. Jason, the point is this. Our goal is to make sure we protect the lives of both the mother and the baby and there's been too many allegations that have been made about ways in which the lives of the mother are not being protected and so that must be clarified.
1: But but, but just generally speaking is a carve out for abortion uh, for
2: for rape or incest in the state's abortion law is that something you could generally support or would you oppose that? Well the 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 goal Jason is to protect the lives and the lives of both the mother and the baby. Even for rape or incest? Well again we want to see if there are ways that we can make sure that the lives of both the mother and the baby can be protected. That's our focus property taxes. Sure. The uh, The biggest
1: property tax bill that, that any Texan pays is for the school districts, which we all know we're all getting our, our uh, taxes right now. We looked at Fort Worth ISD for an example in Tarrant County. In 2015, the state contributed 45 percent of the money the district needs to operate. Uh, in 2020, the state gave 30 percent. These are the district's numbers. And then this school year, the state contribution is 27 percent. The less the state pays, Governor, you know, that means the more that property owners Uh, pay and renters pay. I'm curious why this has dropped so much uh,
2: under your watch over the last eight years. The the reality uh, and I'd like to dig into those numbers because I can tell you the reality Uh, and that is uh, when you look at what we did in 2019 that we followed up with in 2021 uh, we provided well over 10 billion dollars in additional funding for schools across the state. I can tell you this no governors provided more funding for education than I have NO GOVERNOR'S PROVIDED MORE FUNDING FOR TEACHER PAY RAISES THAN I HAVE. AND, IMPORTANTLY, uh, PER-PUPIL FUNDING IS AT AN ALL-TIME HIGH RIGHT NOW. AND WHEN YOU GO BACK AND and LOOK AT THE FUNDING THAT WE PROVIDED IN THOSE LAST TWO SESSIONS, WE DID IT INTENTIONALLY TO BUY DOWN THE uh, PROPERTY TAX RATES OF THE SCHOOL DISTRICTS. AND IF YOU LOOK AT MOST SCHOOL DISTRICTS ACROSS THE STATE OF TEXAS, THOSE PROPERTY TAX RATES ON AVERAGE ARE AT LEAST 10% lower than they were before 2019. Then on top of that, what I'm talking about with my property tax reduction by using at least $13.5 billion that have been generated because of our uh, economic success in the state. Next year surplus. Yeah, surplus. Uh, To use that uh, to further buy down those property tax rates. Do, Do you see it ever getting back to
1: parity where the state contributes half? and local property owners contribute the
2: other half? Because it's been out of whack for a while. To be clear, my goal is to eliminate the maintenance and operation component of the school district property tax. And so what I wanna do, we we already have uh, a property tax reduction fund that exists in the state of Texas. Anytime we have any session where we have any surplus, I want to continue to put money into that fund to reduce property taxes on an ongoing basis until that uh, maintenance and operation component of school property taxes is completely eliminated. How long will that take? Well when we have surpluses like we have this year, uh, it won't take very long. Uh, let's talk about accountability
1: after Uvalde. You, you, you know Governor, 91 state troopers were there on the scene that day in May. Uh, more than a half dozen uh, are under investigation of you stated multiple times. The DPS director Steve McCraw said he wishes the state took uh, more control that day at Robb Elementary.
2: Is Steve McCraw's position safe under your watch? What he wanted to see uh, is the standard that applies in the state of Texas. And it's called the Columbine Protocol and what that means uh, is that if what happened in Uvalde your happens, you're supposed to run immediately toward the shooter and take the shooter out. And so he's frustrated about the fact that any officer, whether a DPS officer or some other type of officer, did not follow that protocol. He wants to make sure there is accountability for that. I want to make sure there is accountability for that. As you probably know, there are ongoing investigations by the FBI, by the Department of Justice, by the Texas Rangers, and by the District Attorney, and all of these investigations will lead to all of the evidence, and when we get all of the information that we need, then ultimate decisions will be made about everyone who will be held accountable. Just to emphasize what you said, uh, there are uh, about a dozen DPS officers who are under investigation. I think there are two who are already suspended. And so we want to make sure whether it be DPS or local police or the school police or federal officials, anyone who stood around for more than an hour in that school not following the Columbine Protocol. THERE NEEDS TO BE SOME MEASURE OF ACCOUNTABILITY. But, BUT GOVERNOR, THIS WASN'T A LONE STATE TROOPER WHO DID THIS, AS YOU KNOW. IT WASN'T A HALF DOZEN. THERE WERE
1: 91 STATE TROOPERS THERE WHO DID NOT GO IN. Would you, BASED ON THE OUTCOME OF THE INVESTIGATIONS
2: that, that, THAT ARE OUT THERE RIGHT NOW, WOULD YOU CONSIDER FIRING STEVE MCCRAW FOR WHAT HAPPENED THAT DAY? YOU KNOW, it, ANY HIRING OR FIRING DECISION WILL BE BASED UPON THE EVIDENCE. AND WE GOT TO GET TO THE EVIDENCE, GET TO THE BOTTOM OF EXACTLY WHAT HAPPENED TO SEE WHO IS ACCOUNTABLE AND WHY THEY DID WRONG. Let's talk about the border for a moment. Uh, Busing migrants, I believe the
1: latest number I saw reportedly cost about $12 million so far to date. Uh, I wanna ask about the cost to keep them here because that's what really hasn't been reported a lot, Governor. Um, We were in McAllen for the debate between you and Beto O'Rourke and we were asking the, the mayor of McAllen, Javier Villalobos, about the cost. I said, is there a line item budget that you actually have, a line item in your budget that, that pays for this? He said, our cost locally is zero. The, the feds pay for it. So I, I'm curious, what is the financial cost that Texas has in this that you want other northern cities to, to start, you know, carrying?
2: Well, I, I think the mayor of New York made clear. The mayor of New York uh, who has only part of the number of people that we bust, uh, he's saying that he needs a billion dollars. To pay for that, when you look at education cost, health care, health care cost, housing cost, all the other details, uh, he says it's going to cost a billion dollars for them to be able to deal with a minor fraction what of what Texas, Texas is, is having to deal with. You, you would have to look in each subcomponent, whether it be health care, education, welfare, all different types of subsectors, and so uh, that's why there's there's no one location you go to to find that number. Um, you have one election ahead of you here, not, not too much longer
1: before the election, but people have mentioned your name as possibly running for the White House. Uh, if Texas reelects you,
2: is that something you would consider in a couple of years? I have one job I'm focused on, and that's governor of Texas, period. Do you have aspirations for higher office, governor? I, my only goal is governor of Texas. Governor, thank you for the time. Thank you, Jason.
1: All right. So now back out at the uh, the bar in El Paso International Airport B Concourse, the PGA Tour restaurant is where we are right now. Uh, a, a quick, you know, a few notes about the Abbott interview there. The first question we asked him is, you know, what specifically, what policy things do, do you want to pursue with four more years? You've been in office two terms. You've been there eight years. What what's at the top of your agenda? And I was surprised, you know, he, he, he really didn't name specific things. He, he really talked about wanting to continue the state's trajectory, where it's going. He also, you know, did not list out any specific policies that he wants to pursue with four more years. On busing migrants, um, the, the one thing that struck me there on busing migrants, he, he's gotten a lot of earned media, uh, you know, as he sends migrants uh, willingly to New York, Chicago, Washington, D.C., and places like that, one of the things that that hasn't really been talked about in all this is, yeah, okay, we're, we're paying, Texas taxpayers are paying $12 million to bust these migrants north. How much does it cost if they just stayed here? Is there a cost to Texas? Uh, you know, Governor Abbott's saying he wants to, these northern cities, these liberal cities to share the financial burden. Um, I was surprised that the governor couldn't quote how much it cost Texas to actually keep them here. He did say, you know, you, you can find out that information from different agencies. On abortion, I thought this was the maybe the, the biggest uh, chunk of news here. A- Abbott really seemed to rule out any exception next legislative session for abortion if, if you watch the news at all state senator bob nichols a republican from east texas he said he is open to an exception in the state's strict abortion law he's open for uh, an exception for rape i asked the governor w- whether he would support that if the legislature passed it and uh, you know you just heard the governor there say he's all about uh, protecting the mother and the child so it didn't sound like that he would support that of course Anything uh, can change as uh, negotiations happens, if he gets reelected. And finally, you know, th- this was something that I've been curious about. Will Abbott consider a run for the White House if he's reelected as governor? Uh, hes I don't think he's too focused on what happens year and a half from now two years from now i think he's focused on what happens three weeks from now and he said he's too focused on this first race to even uh, to even go there and consider that so that said he's focused specifically on beto o'rourke i reached out to the o'rourke campaign as i mentioned said hey uh governor abbott's going to sit down with us give us 10 minutes and talk to us uh you know would you guys be up for having uh, beto o'rourke join us as well We're happy to to go wherever he is, just like the invitation we had extended to the governor as well. So they said come out to El Paso. We're out here in El Paso right now. We got here a few hours ago, went straight to his house, uh, sat on his front porch in the shade, and uh, overlooked downtown El Paso, and you can see Mexico in the distance. And we talked about a number of issues. I asked him about a number of claims that Republicans are making against him. Are they true? Here's our interview with uh, Beto O'Rourke. Thanks for having us out to your home. What what should I call you now? Congressman, Mr. O'Rourke, Beto is, is on your signs. What do you prefer? Beto is, is great. Beto works. Beto, this feels a lot like 2018. You have the momentum. Uh, you, you know, the, the fundraising numbers recently were, were strong. You outraised Governor Abbott. Polls show it's a single digit race. What concerns you most going into the final weeks of this campaign?
0: I feel really good. Um, you know, we've successfully made the case that Abbott has had eight years and for whatever reason, he hasn't been able to get the job done on reducing property taxes, or improving teacher pay at our schools, or fixing the grid, or reducing gun violence, where we now lead the nation in a number of mass shootings in our schools. And I don't think he intends for these things to happen, but he's just been unable or unwilling to make the decisions necessary to change them. And people in Texas now want to vote for change and something better
1: we got a plane passing us here, just in case our, our uh, viewers can hear that. Four years ago, in the, in the U.S. Senate race, you swept all the major metro areas, but you had trouble in rural Texas. You made another effort at rural Texas during this campaign. Are there any specific counties you think that actually might flip and go your way this time? I'll tell you what,
0: um, visiting places like uh, Montag County or being in Bonham or Sherman, uh, I find that there are more things that unite us than would otherwise divide us, and that's between big cities and smaller towns, and even between Republicans and Democrats. A big example of this is funding for public education. Um, Teachers are underpaid everywhere in Texas, certainly in Dallas, but these rural communities represented by Republicans, teachers are down 15, 16, $17,000 a year. And when we show up and talk about fully funding our public school educators, giving them more classroom time with their students by canceling the star test, we find that we have common ground and agreement and we're going to win many more of those voters including republicans and certainly independents in these smaller rural counties we do that and also produce the turnout that we know we can produce in dallas denton Collin, and tarrant we're going to win this election
1: the suburbs fort bend county outside houston uh, Collin County outside Dallas, Williamson outside Austin. We saw some reporting the other day that, that uh, you are ahead in those counties and that Governor Abbott, the incumbent, is behind there. Are there any counties that you have to win that you did not win in 2018, that you have to win next month?
0: Well, we certainly have to do better. As, as well as we did in 2018, we still came up 2.6% down to Ted Cruz at the end of the night. So, you know, some people in Dallas may say, well, this is a blue county. And it may not matter if I vote because Beto's gonna win it anyhow. Those folks need to remember that their votes travel all the way up to the very top of the ticket no matter where they're cast from. Same is true from more rural or suburban counties like Denton and Cullen. Those, Those suburbs, while in play, are so important not just to win the county, but to win the state. If we see the turnout that we expect, given what we're seeing at our rallies and our events, the number of people who've donated, the tens of thousands of people who are volunteering, I am confident that we are going to win. And the base that we built in 2018, when I became the first Democrat to win Tarrant County, for example, going back to 1994, um, we add to that in this election with people who want change, want something better, want these divisions bridged and Texans coming together to do great things again.
1: Let's talk about abortion for a moment. Republicans say that you support abortion up until the time of birth. Is that the case?
0: It's not the case, but it is part and parcel of Greg Abbott's strategy to try to scare people about his opponent because he doesn't have much of a track record to stand on. So whether it's this issue or issues about our borders or issues about law enforcement, if we look at his record after eight years, Texas is at the epicenter of a maternal mortality crisis because he has attacked women and their right to choose. Um, we have chaos at our border with Mexico. And we have homicides on the rise in Texas because he's ignored law enforcement and signed permitless carry into law. My position on reproductive health care freedom, which is that every woman should be able to make her own decision about her own body, her own future, her own health care. That is supported by the vast majority of our fellow Texans, including Republicans in this state. And the standard that I wanna make sure that we return to is Roe versus Wade, a standard that stood the test of time for nearly 50 years and was originally won by Texas women, including Linda Coffee, one of the
1: attorneys for Jane Roe, who still lives in Dallas, Texas today. You said the other day though, in Lubbock, I believe that you'd be open to consensus, reaching a compromise with Texas Republicans if you're elected. Is there, is there an abortion law or restriction that you would tolerate? The
0: only way that we're ever going to make progress in this state, in this democracy, in this country is by finding common ground with people with whom we don't always see eye to eye. So whatever the issue is, whether it's reducing inflation, improving the ability to have a a high paying job in Texas, fully funding education or restoring protection for women to make their own decisions about their own body and their own future. I am going to by definition have to work with republicans and democrats for that matter and find positions that we can agree on that's going to involve consensus and though it's a dirty word among some it's also going to necessitate compromise but i think we will take that over the extremism and the failure that we have after eight years of greg abbott a balanced government comprised of democrats and republicans i think is going to be the cure for a very divided state at this moment and it's going to allow us to move forward on big things that we can all agree on
1: as, for, as far as a, an actual limit though for for you know 24 weeks i believe is viability is there 20 weeks is, is there a line in the sand that you have that, that you wouldn't go beyond on abortion well i i remember I, I
0: remind us that we are starting at a total abortion ban the most extreme in america that greg abbott signed into law last year that begins at conception with no exception for rape or incest. So there is a lot of room to improve. And I'm reminded of the fact that 78% of Republicans in the state of Texas disagree with this total abortion ban. My goal remains returning to the Roe versus Wade standard won by Texas women more than uh, 49 years ago. But I'm going to work with anyone, anytime, anywhere to do better for Texas women. And where we are right now
1: um, could not be any worse for them. Let's talk about accountability in uvalde you obviously have support from a lot of the uh, victims families there and their parents besides calling a special legislative session if you were governor right now what else would you do right now to help that, uh, that community
0: heal listen uh, i'm going to bring republicans democrats uvalde parents santa fe high school parents um, those survivors of gun violence in texas around the table to make sure that we do what is common sense defend the second amendment and do a far better job of protecting the lives of those in our lives. So things like a um, universal background check, a red flag law, raising the age of an AR-15 purchase from 18 to 21, which it's not just Democrats who agree with these issues, it's Republicans like the mayor of Fort Worth right now who has voiced her support for this. These are things that we can get done and whether it's calling- But how would you get that
1: done in a Republican legislature though? Because the
0: legislature's not gonna be flipping. You know, I think the only person standing in the way of getting these things done right now is Greg Abbott. There is nearly universal support for those three ideas, raising the age, red flag laws, universal background check. Even folks who will never vote for me can agree on at least that much. But when you have a governor who, after 20 weeks since Uvalde, has refused to call a special session, though he did so on any number of other culture war issues, He won't do it on the most important issue, which is protecting and saving the lives of our children in a state where gun violence is now the leading cause of death for kids and teenagers. As governor, I'm gonna take the action that he has refused to take. And yes, again, it's gonna require bringing Republicans and Democrats around the table. One of my uh, understandings of our democracy is that no one person or party will ever get their, their way all the time on every issue. It's gonna it's gonna involve conversation, listening, learning, and ultimately moving forward. And as governor, that's what I'm gonna do. And there really isn't a more important issue in front of us than protecting our kids. Amy and I here in El Paso are raising three kids, uh, two in high school, one in middle school. They're well aware that they are no safer in their classrooms today than those kids in Uvalde were on May 24th, 2022. Literally nothing has changed since then. And their eyes are on us. They only get a voice in this election through our votes. And we all have to vote for change and vote for the lives of our children.
1: Beto, we're just uh, what a few miles from the border. You probably know exactly we what one or two miles, if that. Is, is the Biden administration doing enough right now to protect that border?
0: No, uh, nobody is. We're we're not seeing the leadership from the administration, from those in Congress. What what would you do? Would you continue Governor Abbott's policies, expand on those, or what? I wouldn't, because Greg Abbott has also failed. Um, $4 billion after he began Operation Lone Star. We're not seeing fewer encounters at our border, as he promised we would. We're actually seeing more. It's it's another one of his failures, Uh, rising inflation, rising crime, and more chaos at the border these stunts of busing migrants haven't helped either what we need are solutions so you ask what i would do i'd make sure that if you come to this country you follow our laws and that our laws reflect and follow our values so for example a texas-based guest worker program where we bring republicans and democrats around the table work with our federal partners make sure that if you want to come here to work a job in el paso or north texas for that matter for which we cannot find someone born in this state who will actually do the job, that there's a safe, legal, orderly path for you to be able to come to this country. And important is legal and orderly. Um, Right now, we don't have that. Um, Same is true if you want to seek asylum or join a family member right now. It was Ronald Reagan, the last president who presided over any kind of comprehensive immigration reform. Uh, We need to take that seriously, and and no state is better prepared to lead on this issue than Texas. I mean, we understand this, we live this, we have the experience and the expertise, so let's stand up and push this country to do the right thing. Otherwise, we're we're going to continue with the status quo,
1: and that doesn't work for anybody. Couple last questions for you. Texas is gonna have a $27 billion surplus next year. What would you spend that money on? Let's make sure that
0: we fix the grid, Let's make sure that we pay our teachers enough to not have to work a second or a third job to make ends meet. Let's invest in the infrastructure that we need. You know, Going into rural communities in North Texas, folks can't get online. Let's make sure that we extend broadband and internet access to everyone who needs it. And then most importantly, perhaps, for homeowners and even renters, let's reduce property taxes in the state of Texas. We are pricing people out of their homes right now and it's making it harder for them to be able to stay and live in Texas. I wanna make this the best state in which to work, to live, to raise your family and to thrive, and reducing these increasing property taxes will allow us to do that.
1: Well, how do you reduce the property taxes? You mentioned Medicaid, You know, finally uh, expanding Medicaid in the state, but that would bring what, six to $10 billion. We need a lot more than that to lower what I'm paying every month.
0: If we expand Medicaid, and then in addition, increase the share of state funding for public education, we can bring down what you're paying in property taxes right now. Under Greg Abbott, we sent a lot of state mandates down to the local level, to the school boards, to the county governments, to City Hall, without any resources to pay for these things. And so those local governments have had to raise our property taxes. I want the state to take back more of its fair share of these responsibilities and funding. And when we do, the local property taxpayer can pay less it becomes more affordable to stay in our homes, more affordable to buy a home in the first place, and more Texans can thrive
1: right where they are right now. Let me ask you a business question before we wrap things up. The Texas miracle. If you're elected governor, how do you maintain the, the, the fantastic growth and investment that businesses have made in this state over the last 20 years? But there, there are some businesses and Republicans say, oh, that, you know, you're, you're gonna change things, you're against right to work laws, and you're gonna overturn that. What's your plan?
0: I'm the only candidate in this race who has started a small business and met a payroll every week and hired dozens of people in this community to work high wage, high value, high skilled jobs. I know that it's not Greg Abbott uh, or any Republican or Democratic politician for that matter who has created the business success that we have here. It is those small business owners, it is their employees who have created this extraordinary success and value. And I wanna make sure that we don't jeopardize that. That means we gotta fix the grid. We gotta reduce the cost of doing business. We have to stand strong against an income tax in the state of Texas. And we have to stop the extremism that is driving away talent and workers from Texas. This total abortion ban, for example, is gonna kill the small business success that we've enjoyed for so long in Texas. So restoring rights to women, to workers, to people in this state to be able to thrive right here in Texas, that's going to do well for all of us. And it's going to make this small business success even greater going forward. Thanks for having us to El Paso. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for coming out.
1: All right. Beto O'Rourke from his front porch there having us out here to El Paso. That's why we are uh... Wrapping this podcast up from the uh, B concourse at El Paso International Airport just before we head back to Yalotix World Headquarters. Just a, a few quick things on that. If you're keeping time like some people do, you'll notice that Beto O'Rourke's interview was a tad longer when we tried to set it up. They said, yeah, if you come to El Paso, you can talk to him for 15 minutes. Um, as I mentioned, Governor Abbott uh, said that we have a 10-minute window with him. 10 to 15 minutes is not unusual for any political candidate of any party. We're just grateful to both of them for making time for us here on Politics. A few notes from the uh, Beto conversation: there, he has a lot of confidence right now. Three and a half weeks out, three weeks out or so from the election. Uh, he says, I'm confident that we will win. I asked him about abortion a couple times there, really tried to pin him down. I said, you know, what, what is your line in the sand? He said, we're open to compromise. He said, I want to return to the Roe versus Wade standard. Uh, but I said, well, is, you know, what restriction would you support if you compromised with uh, Republicans? And, and again, how do you get something like that passed a Republican controlled legislature? Because that's not going to uh, change Uh, this cycle either. He would not say specifically what, uh, you know, specifically what restriction that he would support uh, for abortion. So that's something, uh, you know, we'll continue to watch over the next two or three weeks. I asked him too about the Biden administration, whether uh, President Biden is doing enough to protect the border. You know, Biden has been on the receiving end of Republicans saying he hasn't really done too much. Uh, Biden appointed uh, Vice President Kamala Harris as the border czar pretty early after he took office two years ago. And we have seen a record number of people trying to cross the border. That said, the state of Texas is spending almost $4 billion right now to put state troopers, additional state troopers to put game wardens, additional game wardens, and uh, state guard down there as well, too. And we are still having a record number of people try to cross over the border here, too. What was interesting, though, that, that um, you know, as we looked off into the distance there at Mexico from Beto's house in El Paso, uh, Beto, a Democrat, you know, willfully admitted that the Biden administration, a Democratic administration, was not doing enough to protect the border. Um, I also asked about the $27 billion in surplus next year the legislature will have to decide what to do with. You heard what Governor Abbott said. Um, he, he wants to put half of that to uh, lowering property taxes, half of the thir- $27 billion, which is $13.5 billion, uh, which would lower people's property taxes, you know, theoretically. Um, Beto said he wants to pay teachers more with it. He wants to spend it on other things, but he also wants to lower property taxes, too. And then uh, two last things that I thought stuck out in the Beto interview, the Texas miracle. Um, how would you maintain the low-tax business climate here in this state? that has brought so much business investment to Texas over the last 20 years that Republicans have been in charge. And Beto immediately responded that uh, he's the only one in the race right now to have actually run a business. The other day in Dallas at that press conference, uh, just before we sat down with Governor Abbott, uh, Governor Abbott was asked a question like that and said something to the effect that, well, it's, it's all about the policies you support, not whether you have any business experience. What kind of policies do you support? So that said, um, you know we're three weeks out, and I, I hope the extended interviews from each of these candidates may offer a little clarity. They're not sound bites. We don't do sound bites here on Yolitics. These this is more of a sit down type interview where we get down to some you know the nitty gritty, as I like to say, and Wheeler makes fun of it. So Wheeler's not here uh, to enjoy the dead beach. Uh, lager. He probably wouldn't like this lager anyways. It doesn't doesn't have any fruit in it, and everyone knows he's a big fruit guy. So until next time, we appreciate you listening to Yaletix. We appreciate the folks here at El Paso International Airport being so friendly uh, to us as well, and we uh, hope you can join us again next week. Take care.